Welcome to Friends and Daggers, the daily vlogcast that opens up the scriptures and helps us understand the person and the work of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. We've been talking about uh, covenants, and uh, today we're going to talk about the covenant that God makes with Noah, as well with, uh, with the whole world. And uh, the triune God is a God who not only makes promises, but keeps them. And in contrast to the devil, who's always lying to us and deceiving, uh, we have a God who uh, makes, these, uh, makes these promises to us, these redeeming, these uh, salvation promises. And we find that they're all fulfilled in the person of Jesus. Now, the purpose of a covenant is to bind two parties together in an uh, unbroken relationship. And we see this in Genesis chapters uh, 6, 7, 8, and 9. And it is the account of Noah and his family and uh, the destruction of uh, the world by the, by the flood. Now, Genesis chapter 6, verse 17, God speaks. He says, I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth. To destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But God speaks to Noah and he says, but I will establish my covenant with you. And you will enter the ark and you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. And you're to bring into the ark two of all living creatures and male and female to keep them alive with you. And then we have the account of uh, of the flood. God uh, shuts the door of the ark and uh, keeps safe this, uh, this family of Noah. And the flood comes, and then the waters recede, and then uh, God speaks to Noah in Genesis chapters, uh, chapter 9, verses 11 through 17, and he says, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. And here's the covenant. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. And never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And then he gives Noah a sign. And uh, we, we somewhat take it for granted as we see it in the sky. But can you imagine Noah looking and seeing this, this rainbow in the sky uh, for the first time? And God says to him, this, the rainbow, is a sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. And then he says, I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And he says, whenever I bring the clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. And so God says, when I see that rainbow uh, that I put in the clouds, I will remember the covenant, this everlasting covenant between myself and all living creatures. Now, the early church fathers noted that this rainbow looks like a, a bow and uh, an arrow, you know, the, the curve of, of the bow. And what they, what they associated with that is that uh, by seeing the rainbow, God took his bow and arrow, right, and hung it up in the sky. So, so the arrows are no longer shooting down to earth, but rather God has hung up that bow. And uh, the arrows of, of his wrath and his destruction are no longer then pointed 
pointed towards uh, towards the earth. But God is at peace. He is uh, reconciled. He's made a, now a promise, an eternal promise, that never again will the, the, the floodwaters come uh, to destroy all living things. Now, to understand this, we, we keep in mind two guiding principles. Um, the first is this, is that the Scripture interprets the Scripture, and that the Holy Spirit is the real teacher. And so we open up the Bible and we read the story of Genesis with the flood, but we also pray that the Holy Spirit would open our eyes to understand and, and how it's pointing always again to the person and the work of Jesus. So we take 1 Peter chapter 3, and Scripture interprets Scripture. So in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, uh, Peter says, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. And then it says, He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison, who disobeyed long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. So there's a reference, right? A reference to the book of Genesis, uh, waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was built. Peter continues, he says, In it, speaking of the ark, in it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Again, shadows and reality. So, so what do the floodwaters really point to? Well, Peter says those floodwaters point to baptism. He continues, Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So in the waters of baptism, uh, we're connected to the death and the resurrection of Jesus. St. Paul says in Romans 6 that, that if we have been baptized, we have, have been crucified with Christ, our sins have been buried with him, but then we also participate in his, in his resurrection. So this old sinful nature, you could say, is drowned in the waters of baptism. The devil and all of his demons and the wickedness are, uh, are defeated. They're put underneath the water. Sins are washed away, swept away, uh, never to be seen again. We're brought into the safety of the family of God. You could say we're brought into, into the real ark, uh, the church. And, and then we see the rainbow, God's, God's promise, God's uh, bow hung up in the heavens, no more, no more arrows shooting down to earth. We see the cross. God's Son is there hanging high, lifted up. All of God's wrath pointed at Him. He bears it all, and He pays uh, the wage for sin, which is death. And no more arrows then uh, from heaven uh, toward us, because uh, the Lord Jesus has said, uh, it is finished. And He rises again on the third day, and He sweeps away uh, all sin. So, for Christ died for sins, Peter says, once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. To do what? To bring you to God. And it speaks of that flood, the ark. Only a few people, eight and all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. In other words, the, the, real, uh, the real promise, uh, the reality of all those shadows of the flood is the gift of, of baptism, connected to Jesus in his death, 
connected to him in his resurrection. And again, the waters, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It, baptism, saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ.